History, economics, the great works of literature, the meaning of the U.S. Constitution. Did you study these things in school? Probably not. Or even if you did, like I did, maybe it's time for a refresher. Time and technology have changed a lot of things, but they have not changed basic fundamental truths about the world and our place in it as America. That's why I'm so excited that Hillsdale College is offering more than 40 free online courses in the most important and enduring subject. You can learn about the works of C.S. Lewis, the stories in the book of Genesis, the meaning of the U.S. Constitution, the rise and fall of the Roman Republic, or the history of the ancient Christian church with Hillsdale College's online courses, all available for free. That's right, you heard me, for free. You don't get anything free in the Biden economy today. I personally recommend you sign up for the American Citizenship and its Decline. It's with my good friend, the great historian, Victor Davis Hanson. In this eight-lecture course, VDH, as I like to call him, explores the history of citizenship in the West and the threats it faces today. Threats like the erosion of the middle class, the disappearance of our borders, the growth of an unaccountable deep state, and the rise of globalist organizations. The course is self-paced so that you can start whenever and wherever. So start your free course, American Citizenship and Its Decline, with my good friend, Victor Davis Hanson, today. How do you do that? Go right now to hillsdale.edu slash justnews to start. It's free and it's easy to get started and it's an easy URL to remember. All you got to do, go to hillsdale.edu slash justnews. One more time, hillsdale.edu slash justnews. Hello, America, and happy, very busy Wednesday. There's a lot of breaking news. You can go to justthenews.com to do that. I've been really stretched thin today on trying to break some of these big stories, starting last night with the revelation that an active duty CIA official was involved in circulating the Hunter Biden disinformation laptop letter, the one that wasn't true. That means government officials currently in the government were also involved in it, according to the testimony of one of the signatories. And then today we broke the big story of James Comer's new report on the Biden family and its foreign dealings, tens of millions of dollars, multiple countries, and a very powerful story of how Hunter Biden and his business partners were working with a Romanian oligarch that had a lot of corruption issues. Boy, that sounds familiar. Didn't he work with one in Ukraine? Oh, yeah, Mr. Zolchevsky and Burisma. Oh, wait, didn't he work with another one in Ukraine? Yep, Dmitry Furtash. Oh, wait, didn't he work with an oligarch in Russia? Oh, yep, that's right. The mayor of Moscow's wife, who was the largest and richest woman. A pattern is emerging. And here's another thing you see. This wasn't in the report, but when you step back from the report, the money starts drying up the second Joe Biden is not vice president. What does that mean? The people who were buying into the Hunter Biden thing really seemed to be interested in his father. When his father wasn't in a position to influence policy, the money starts drying up. You see that in the communications that were in this report today. I've got to go run back and catch some more breaking news. We're going to break a lot more in the next 24 hours. But until then, I have a really great show for you. I hope you're excited about it. This is AMAC. Wednesday, our great partnership with the folks at AMAC, AMAC.us, AMAC.us. You can sign up to be a member there by going to AMAC.us slash Just News. Today, AMAC gave us one of their best. Bobby Charles, former congressional investigator, former State Department official, former intelligence officer, former clerk to a federal appeals judge. He's here to give us a great 
overview of what was significant about Comer, about the Jordan revelation, about the CIA. We're going to cover all the Biden scandals in a really colorful and exciting session. I can tell you, Bobby Charles, one of the most learned investigators and observers in all of Washington. He's also the national spokesman for AMAC, which gives us a double bonus. So we'll start off with him. And then we've been breaking in between all this Hunter Biden scandals. You know, we've been breaking a lot of stories on free speech. In fact, the letter of the 51 security intelligence experts is a free speech story at its end. It was an effort to cancel a debate in America through disinformation. But there is so much going on. The First Amendment, as the First Amendment, is under extreme threat. We're going to talk to George Mason University Scalia, law school professor of internet law, Carl Zabo. He's got some big thoughts about how we got here, what's wrong with it, why generations, the younger generations seem tolerant of censorship, and how we fix it step by step by step. Carl Zabo, one of the great thinkers in the First Amendment space, particularly in the digital era of America. He's going to join us in the second half. Buckle your seatbelt. Great debate ahead. I'm going to go back, break some news. We're going to get right to the interviews first so that you don't get cheated out. Two extraordinary conversations back to back in just a few seconds after these commercial messages. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute alternative for care from a healthcare provider. Folks, Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, plus veggie, and so much more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutritional packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious and easy. What are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. If you're like me and have a busy schedule that the last thing you want to worry about is what to eat or having to go to the grocery store, Factor makes it easy. As they are flexible to your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Plus, Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, usually in just two minutes. So there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Head to factormeals.com slash justnews50 and use the promo code justnews50 to get 50% off. That's the code justnews50 at factormeals.com. One more time, factormeals.com slash justnews50. Use the justnews50 code and you will get 50% off your first order. 
All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. You know what day it is. It's Wednesday. That means it is AMAC Wednesday, one of my favorite moments of the week, where we get to talk to one of the great experts at AMAC about what's going on in the world. And today, with so much news that we broke from last night, the, the CIA's involvement in the fake letter declaring the Hunter Biden laptop Russian disinformation when it wasn't, now we know that an active duty CIA officer was involved, or this morning when we got the bank records trail that shows that Hunter Biden was enriching himself by doing business with people known to be involved in corrupt practices, known to be communists, known to be in some cases indicted or charged with wrongdoing. That is a bombshell trail of revelations. And what better guess than someone who used to be one of the greatest congressional investigators at Capitol Hill earlier in his career and later worked at the State Department where America used to set the example for the world on corruption. Now I wonder if we do. We're going to bring him in right now. He's the national spokesman for AMAC and my good friend, Bobby Charles. Bobby, welcome back to the show. Thank you, John. It's, it's always a pleasure to be with you. Well, you are the perfect person to referee the last 24 hours of bombshell after bombshell after bombshell. You used to investigate for the major oversight committees in Congress. You know a serious scandal versus one that's just made for political purposes. Based on what Jim Jordan released last night, that the CIA was involved, that all the people signing it knew that they were involved in a political operation going disguise as security. And then today, the money trail, tens of millions of dollars flowing to the Biden family from suspect sources, in some cases, people indicted or charged with corruption, people tied to the Chinese party. What's your takeaway? How serious is the Biden scandal becoming right now? You know, um, as you probably know, after I and before I uh, did oversight for the Hill and before I ended up at the State Department, I was a litigator. And before that, uh, on the Ninth Circuit as a clerk uh, working on a lot of these similar cases. And this this really is probably the most insidious spider like uh, example of public corruption in living history. Uh, and it, it has so many tentacles to it that someone who isn't really read into all of the details or doesn't have the patience for it might not fully grasp the enormity or the, you know, as they say, you put your hand on the elephant, you don't know what the shape of the elephant is, but you have to trust that there are people who do. And the nutshell version of this is that you've got the FBI and the CIA running cover knowingly running cover, they have to have been knowingly running cover for dollar transmissions in the tens of millions to the vice president's family into 20 different companies, most of which are these shell-like LLC companies that all came into existence after he became vice president. And now we have, documents don't lie, we have the transaction reports that indicate how they tried to obscure the money they were getting from China, Ukraine, Romania. It is truly mind boggling. In fact, I think we're at the front end of a cone here. And, you know, he may find try to find some dignified way out, you know, maybe letting his son get indicted and then pardoning him and then resigning. But I'm going to tell you, there is no dignified way out of public corruption. It is profound. In my view, as you look at the transaction records released, not just by Jordan, but by Comer, you look at, at what was going on, what they did. We have we have banking regulations. These are not just banking regulations or administrative issues. What I'm trying to do is say to you, these are regulations that are intended to ca catch foreign money coming in, being used for any corrupt purpose, drug trafficking or uh, buying off a politician. And the subsidiary questions are, are incredible. I mean, how 
can you have gotten around the CTR reports, the suspicious transaction reports, the CMIR reports? They were they were trying to put money into places that it wouldn't be found by the millions. And then you have to ask the fundamental question as China a country that is that is aggressively coming at us economically and trade with with Wuhan, with our with their military, with fentanyl. This country is paying was paying the vice president of the United States's family. And you have to ask this question even today. What were they paying for? And you'll hear this little simple answer back. Well, they were obviously it was corrupt and they were paying for access. But what's the harm done? No, no, no. China doesn't pay tens of millions of dollars just to be able to use a word that begins with a they need to be. They were getting something for that money. So and and we know that that there was no qualified person in this network other than Biden himself. If there was no Joe Biden, there wouldn't have been tens of millions of dollars being hidden in American bank accounts. It is fundamentally disturbing. It is it is something that cuts to the heart of who this country is. If we're not accountable to ourselves, we're not accountable, period. And that's the end of a republic. Uh, Very powerful words, and I think I can see the collective America nodding their head yes in agreement with you, Bobby. That is really what's at stake here, our standing in the world as a beacon of a law and order society, a free society, a corrupt free society, meaning that if corruption comes up, we punish it, we don't hide it and tolerate it. There's an interesting pattern in this report today. There's more information than ever before given about the Romanian businessman Gabriel Popovich, who was indicted and convicted by Romanian prosecutors of bribery-related offenses. That's one guy that Hunter Biden's in business with in getting money from. The other guy is a guy named Mikola Zolchevsky. He was suspected of significant corruption in Ukraine, and our own State Department declared him and his company corrupt. Hunter Biden is working for him. Now I'm going to throw a third one in. I broke a story a year ago that Hunter Biden did some consulting work on behalf of Dmitry Firtash's Business empire, another guy, he was indicted by the United States government, was trying to get the U.S. government to drop those charges. Seven years later, he's still awaiting trial, but he's never been brought to justice. Three different foreign oligarchs from three countries with a long history of corruption, Ukraine and Romania, clearly. And Hunter Biden just happens to have them as his clients. It almost looks like they were targeting people who had corruption problems in trying to rehabilitate them under the Biden regime. How odd is it to see a presidential son, a vice presidential son in bed, in business with three different oligarchs, all who have corruption problems? You know, there's a let me unpack that a little bit, John, and it's absolutely right what you just described. And then you can add that these transaction reports also go directly back to the Communist Party in China. And so you have to say, okay, so the first element of this might be trying to rehabilitate those three felons and try to, uh, I guess, in effect, legitimize any future interactions with them because they've made overtures to you. Remember that, you know, the wolf goes after the weakest sheep. And Hunter Biden was clearly a vulnerable, as in he was the most obviously corrupt and willing to be corrupt member of the Biden family. Uh, Well, let's just say transparently, openly uh, transacting business. And of course, he included, you know, lots of other members of the Biden family are included in this. And people need to look at those documents because they are very revealing. But I would say, if I could just be metaphorical for a moment, um, you know, if it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. But when someone walks up to you and hands you a duck, it's a, it's a duck. 
And that's what we're that's what we're up against right now. I traveled the world as an assistant secretary of state for Colin Powell, and I worked aggressively to make the point that the United States, while imperfect, was a model of how you root out public corruption from, you know, the days of Al Capone and the Daily uh, and, 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 and Platt and, and Tweed boss era uh, to the current moment. And, and frankly, we always were able to say we have con- when we find bad acts, we conscientiously seek to go after the bad actors and bring them to justice so that accountability becomes our hallmark. It becomes our, 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 our we, we say what we believe and, and we, we, talk, we walk the talk. The problem is now globally, and I had programs going in 50 countries. The problem is today, our talk isn't worth anything. Our, in, our, in, in, um, our efforts to try to get other countries to squeeze out public corruption, to address public corruption, to remove those corrupt actors becomes nothing but empty words. In fact, it becomes hypocrisy when we have a president of the United States who has a vice president, and by the way, Clearly, other members of the Justice Department and perhaps even the Obama White House knew very well what was happening. They had to have known what was happening. That that stuff just doesn't get hidden. You don't fly around the world in Air Force Two with your son, have him come back with mega contracts and think there isn't something hokey going on there in terms of access and access to something. But, you know, John, the, the worrisome part about this is this is the moment at which we have a wool sweater and we have pulled a huge long thread out of it. And it's pretty clear that when it unravels, there's going to be a lot more to see than we see right now. And we already see enough to, I think, uh, really require it's actionable. There needs to be action taken by Congress. Even Democrats in Congress need to ask themselves, do you really want to be affiliated with the cover up of the most insidious spider like uh, public corruption scandal probably in living history? Do you really want to be on that side or do you want to be on the side uh, that was taken by Republicans like uh, Rodino and Cohen uh, in the in the Nixon era, saying, "No, if there's bad acts, we need to get after them because we believe more in America than we do in our own country before party." Right. That's right. We used to have that in this country. We'll see if the Democrats are there this time. When you see a son literally following in the vapor trail of his father's policy and trying to line up clients, and by the way, clients that had some untoward reputations. Joe Biden has Romania. He's giving speeches in Romania. Hunter Biden's here. Joe Biden has Russia. His company's dealing with Russia. Uh, Hunter is. He's the primary lead person in Ukraine. And his very first speech that Joe Biden gives in Ukraine after getting the portfolio from Obama is let's get natural gas development going in Ukraine. And oh, just a few days before that, his son had been hired by Ukraine's largest natural gas company. When you see that he goes to Kazakhstan, he goes to China. In fact, he goes to China with his father on his plane. It's clear that he's following the vapor trail and that he's selling influence right behind his father's policy appearances, policy speeches, policy responsibilities. What do you think at this point the Americans understand that that is what really this is, an influence peddling scandal, shaking down interests that had a policy responsibility before his father. Do you think Americans have done, have Republicans made the case good enough that people can get it's that simple, that abrasively anti-American? Honestly, John, I don't think we have made the case. I, I think that there needs to be a wiring diagram, uh, the same way Hillary Clinton's health care program had a wiring diagram with it, or a Ross Perot wiring diagrams. We, we need to make a wiring diagram so that everyone in rural America, urban America, understands y- you are either a person of integrity yourself and you, you believe that the country 
uh, uh, should be a country of integrity or you're going to line up with someone who is knowingly corrupt. And, you know, it's ironic, you know, that they always say the best defense is a good offense. Well, what Biden, Joe Biden was doing was running around the world, lecturing them about public corruption at the same time under the table, taking or having his son pick up the bag uh, full of money that he would then take home and and benefit from. And I I can't tell you how it it, it almost makes me nauseous uh, as an American. Uh, it would make me nauseous if it were a Republican. It, it makes me nauseous to think that we have allowed the national security and the national reputation of the United Some States of America to come guard. in second to or be in bed with uh, the communist Chinese, the corrupt Ukrainians, the corrupt Romanians, And it's been done with such brazenness. Uh, You know, sometimes the thing that's right in front of you is the thing that you see last uh, or you wish not to see. And so you avoid. But the reality is, John, that this is this endangers our republic. And I it's it's, to me, there's a moment of truth here. Have we made the case? No, not yet, I don't think. But I I think that the case is making itself. You know, in in Latin, they say recips loquitur. The thing speaks for itself. All you have to do is look at these documents and you know very well what was happening. And and no Democrat, I, I don't care how partisan they are. No Democrat who's worth their salt should be saying, I want to be affiliated with public corruption because he's my guy. I, I, that should not be happening. There's no upside to the Democrats themselves or their constituents and certainly not their country. One thing I think is starting to break through, and it was the focal point, one of the themes I took from the Comer report this morning when I read it and wrote it about it. Joe Biden clearly lied to the American people. He said, my family never got any money from China. Well, there is a bank receipt showing your family got lots of money from China. I never had anything to do with my son's business partners. There are a stream of them coming into his office. He's having dinner with them at Cafe Milano restaurant. My son never did anything wrong. Well, we now know his son is perhaps days or weeks away from being indictment, according to his own camp. They're putting out the word that they expect to be indicted. The fact that the one politician, it's the most personal decision people make in their voting careers, the president, they take it more personally than anything else. Do you think the American public now know that he lied to them? And not only that, he had other people lie on his behalf, like the CIA people who signed the 51 letter. You're right about that, too. You know, John, I don't think it's just I think Americans are perhaps uh, calloused about the idea that political leaders will lie to them, as in make a promise and not fulfill it. But when the lie, when the lie is a lie that goes to the very heart, it goes to the very heart of the republic, as in a president of the United States selling access and probably damaging national security, which is a secondary layer here, by virtue of taking tens of millions of dollars from not just foreign countries, which is bad enough, but from our adversaries. It, it is it is one of the most breathtaking, um, I think, uh, sets of revelations. If you look at it together, you know, sometimes you just don't want to connect the dots. It's so it's so disheartening, almost disgusting to 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 believe that a president of the United States would do such a thing or would do it as a vice president. I think several things. I think as vice president, he never really thought once the vice presidency was on its way and he had a healthy Obama, but in front of him, I didn't, I don't think he, I think he thought, take the money and run. I'm never going to be president. They're never going to look at me again. I'll be out of this and, and uh, Obama will cover my backside and they'll never find any of this. Well, it turns out that, you know, the bright light gets shined ever brighter on someone who goes from vice president to president. And now we know a lot more than we knew. Would we have ever found the classified documents? 
that the Chinese may or may not have had access to that go all the way back to his Senate days? I don't know. You know, I'll tell you right now, Joe Biden was never known as a paragon of integrity. He talked a lot, um, but people never imagined that he was he was really complicit in a very personal way with this kind of thing. And in the end, I'm going to tell you that the two sequences I see are Hunter Biden gets indicted and uh, he then gets pardoned. And uh, and then Biden, Joe Biden, makes some kind of a pitch that he's going to be uh, one of the most magnanimous people in the world and make the first female president possible by resigning. Uh, I don't think that, it, that even if that were to happen as a sequence, I don't believe it gets him out of criminal indictment. Um, and and he, I don't think he can pardon himself. He, and if Harris pardons him, well, I don't even know what to say about that. But the second thing and the biggest thing is well, hopefully she won't be giggling when she doesn't. That's all we can hope for. Yeah, well, I, I <laughs> it, it just it turns my it turns my stomach. But I'm going to say one last thing, and that's this. This isn't about Joe Biden. It isn't about Joe Biden's uncle. I mean, I'm sorry. This isn't about Hunter Biden. This isn't about Hunter Biden's uncle. This is about the president of the United States. And in that role as a former vice president of the United States, publicly allowing himself, encouraging that he should be involved in the bribery, uh, in, in, in bribery and, 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 and perhaps the selling of, of, uh, of public secrets uh, of national security related information to foreign nationals, as well as, you know, defending foreign nationals. It's a shakedown operation. You cannot look at these documents, these treasury documents side by side with the timeline and not see this as Joe Biden very knowingly being involved in a shakedown operation. And I, it, it just, it, it, to me, I'm just beginning to absorb this after the documents that were released this morning. Um, but I, I've come to the conclusion that the average American, my best friends who are Democrats, as well as my best friends who are Republicans, need to say, I'm not a Democrat, I'm not a Republican, I'm an American today. And this is really, really not who we are. I think the more people absorb what was put out today, and by the way, it's just a fraction of the evidence that's going to come out in the next few weeks. I mean, it's going to get even more and more serious as these business partners start cooperating. I want to ask two big questions that we got just a few minutes left, but I think they're important. First off, is the rise of what we're now seeing as the evidence, the rising evidence, is how serious a threat is it to this president's presidency? I think it's a serious threat to his presidency. I'm not sure, as in once Americans come to the conclusion that they have a president who is acting like a criminal, I think they're going to have to ask themselves, what is the solution to that problem? Um, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the case of, I mean, you know, there, there have not been very many uh, impeachments in the history of the country. And I'm not just talking about presidents. I'm talking about Supreme Court justices or or uh, or cabinet members, it, it, it's a very typically it doesn't happen. But if you look at Andrew Johnson, you look at you look at what would have happened to Nixon, you look at what uh, happened with Clinton and with Trump. There's a propensity here toward that 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 uh, being a solution to the problem. It would take Democrats with courage. Uh, I mean, genuine courage. Uh, and maybe Joe Manchin and people like that have the courage to say, you know what? I'm going it, to it's even good for me politically to take a stand on behalf of the American people in favor of integrity. And so I, I am actually marginally concerned about the consequences for Biden. The damage has been done. I am far more concerned about the implications for this internationally, not just in terms of other countries defending their own public corruption by pointing back at us uh, because we didn't correct it and aren't correcting it, but but more also what information was released here? What did the Chinese and the Ukrainians and the Romanians, but in particular the Chinese, what did they pay 
tens of millions of dollars, and that's only what we found. I suspect we're going to find more and more as we pull the thread. What did they get in exchange for that? And uh, how is it that we're just letting them walk scot-free from having done this, as well as having, you know, killing 100,000 American kids a year with Chinese fentanyl? I don't understand it. I don't, I don't understand why we're letting China just walk unless it's all tied back to the idea that the Biden family and Joe Biden as president kind of has a, uh, a nod and a wink agreement with, uh, with China that they're just going to let them walk on a lot of this stuff. You served our State Department. You were a big part of the face of the United States to the world. When you now have the world seeing a former CIA director organizing an intelligence letter, which really was a political attack, and they were just using the credentials to make a political attack, when you see the Secretary of State was involved in that and was willing to allow a false story that a nuclear armed power Russia had intervened in the election when there was no evidence of it, made up the laptop and there was no evidence of it. When you see the vice president now lying to the American public about transactions that now are no longer in dispute, they happened. Does America standing as the beacon of law and order, beacon of democracy, beacon of constitutional republics, is it in jeopardy in the eyes of others who used to aspire to reach our high standards? Yes, of course, is the short answer. Um, <clears throat> you know, this is disappointing to me, John. That F, that letter signed by 51 uh, largely Democrat intelligence officers is very disappointing to me on multiple levels. First, my job with Colin Powell as Assistant Secretary of State INL was to go around the world, not only training police officers and uh, and assisting in the uh, vetting, if you will, of, of criminal justice systems and encouraging countries to understand that rule of law does matter, the legitimate legitimacy of uh, of the institutions that enforce or administer the rule of law matter. Uh, I mean, I set up the training for the Iraqi police, the Afghan police, Kosovo, Colombia. I, I truly think we've damaged our ability to encourage other countries to do the right thing when we don't do the right thing. But it has two other huge disappointments for me. As 10 years I was an intelligence officer, I I really say what um, what a um, <clears throat> what a profound disappointment that people that I would otherwise have respected as thoughtful, circumspect, cautious thinkers were basically asked to sign a political document that said that the Russia collusion business was all true and well, or, or that the Hunter laptop, you know, Hunter Biden laptop that now know that it somehow was irrelevant and it was a dirty trick. No, they, at the very least, they were sort of uh, cajoled into abandoning the rigor and the due diligence that they, that they had as intelligence officers. And the last part of this that disappoints me, John, is that I went to law school with Tony Blinken. For many years, we stayed very close, shared uh, a couple of mentors who were law professors. And while Tony is an idealistic sort of guy, I really always thought he had the good judgment not to do this kind of thing. But it's pretty clear now that he was involved in this. And when he says, well, I, I can't talk, he said on the Hill the other day, well, I can't really talk about this because Sudan, Sudan has got my full attention. I understand that. But it didn't have your full attention when you were on the campaign trail. Sudan wasn't an issue. You were you were involved in this, Tony. And it really it disappoints me because I I like Tony Blinken as a human being. I have always thought well of his intellect, but this gives me a stutter step in terms of why he allowed himself to get drawn into this, if not to be part of the coordination of it. And, you know, politics, unfortunately, you know, what do they say? Uh, I think it was uh, Sir Francis Bacon that, uh, you know, uh, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. 
And the problem is we've got uh, we've got a lot of people who think that one party rule gives you the permission to be unaccountable. And it never gives you that permission. Never. It doesn't. Bobby, you are a beacon of hope in a great country. Your service has been so amazing. All the great things that happen at AMAC are just a reflection of a whole generation of great Americans that still believe in law and order, still believe in the values of America. But we are in a really incredible moment. Your description of what's at stake for the world and for our country is is one of the best that I've heard in the entire discussion about the Biden family. So thank you so much for joining. And folks, I want to mention one thing before we let Bobby go. We have an incredible partnership with AMAC. There is no better group in, in Washington right now getting grassroots things done, getting people informed, making a difference, engaging congresses and legislatures all around this amazing country. And oh, by the way, when you join, you also get great discounts. They've set up something special for us. If you go to amac.us slash just news, amac.us slash just news, you'll be able to get a big discount on the membership and get involved in the AMAC family. I went in on the five years. I challenge you. If you love what Bobby said today, go out and join this group because Bobby's the perfect reflection of what AMAC does every day. Go out and join this group today at amac.us slash just news. You're going to get discounts. You're going to get services. You're going to get great news intelligence and a great podcast and so much more. So go do that today. Bobby, it's an honor. I look forward. Every time I know you're on the calendar, I put a big smile on my face because I know we're going to have a great discussion. I just want to thank you and AMAC today for joining us and having such a great, great conversation about some pretty important things in our country. You know, John, I, I just want to tip my hat for just a moment. You're very kind to me and to AMAC, and I will encourage everyone to go to amac.us and, and sign up for pennies on the dollar. You get so much back, the magazine, the discounts, everything, plus a group of people like you, like me, defending and fighting for this country. But you are one of the best investigative journalists, I think, that has been around in my lifetime. And you you are uncompromising in your own commitment to the integrity and the future of the country. And I, I will tell you, I take, <laughs> even before we did this program, John, I always relished uh, being able to read what you wrote because I knew there's the straight stuff. And so that's that's AMAC, too. And and we just have to keep fighting for it. Yep, we do. It's funny. Facts are a stubborn thing. They end up winning out if we could just get them in front of the American people. And that's what AMAC does every day and what you've done through an incredible stellar career. So can't wait to get you back on. God knows what we'll be talking about next week or the week after, because we're on a roller coaster right now. <laughs> That's right. No, right you are. Uh, well, my friend, thank you so much for joining us. I know our audience benefit. We'll have you back on real soon. Sounds good. Thanks, my friend. All right, folks, we'll take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. Folks, Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day, and I want you on this journey with me. Why? It's literally one scoop a day. It tastes great. I love the fruit flavors particularly, and it's completely improved my life and my health. This is nutrition the way nature intended. When I began taking a hard look at why I wasn't feeling good and why I felt unhealthy, why I was gaining weight, why I was losing energy, it wasn't just because I had hit my 50s. No, it was because I wasn't getting the right amount of fruit and vegetables in my diet. And listen, it's, I'm just too busy to go to the store, clean up the vegetables, cook a, a vegetable dinners, and make sure I hit the fruit. A field of greens stepped in. One scoop of powder in my drink or on my eggs in the morning, and boom, I was off and feeling better. And suddenly, I was losing weight. I was sleeping better. My metabolism went up. My blood sugar went down. My cholesterol went down. And my weight went down. And my doctor said, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it doing. You know what that is? 
It's Field of Greens. That's what I've been doing. Field of Greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital organ health. I trust Field of Greens to keep me healthy. I promise you, you're going to love this product. But if for any reason you don't, they'll give you 100% money back guarantee. Now, you're going to get 15% off your first order plus free rush shipping because of the incredible partnership we have here at Just the News with Brick House Nutrition and, of course, Field of Greens. All you got to do to take advantage of this offer, visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Don't wait. Go to fieldofgreens.com today. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS for 15% off. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. We have spent a lot of time in the last six, eight months here at Just the News reporting on and exposing all the different ways that American dissent, American opinion, American speech has been infringed. Sometimes at the request or funding of the government, sometimes by big tech companies that have monopolistic positions in the market, sometimes by nonprofit groups who have been funded specifically to silence certain points of view. Well, we're at a tipping point. There are major investigations in Congress. There's a major lawsuit between the Missouri and Louisiana Attorney General. And we're not only getting a much larger sense of just how broad this operation was, we're also beginning to get a sense of how much a threat it is to the American experience that we've been used to for the last 240 years. And our next guest has been on the front lines of this debate, investigating it and also analyzing the legal and constitutional consequences. He's a professor of internet law at one of my favorite schools, George Mason University's Scalia Law School. He is Carl Zabo. Carl, great to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. It is great to have you. I want to start with something we had on our website just a couple of days ago. Justin News broke this story with, with help from the America First Legal Foundation and Foundation for Freedom Online that worked together. We got rid of the Disinformation Governance Board, and we somehow came up with a new one called the Foreign Malign Influence Center. It sounds different, but I think it's pretty much the same concept of trying to have a backdoor towards censorship. Tell us your opinion, what you've learned about the Foreign Malign Influence Center. Is it just a remarketing of a disinformation governance board? Yeah, I mean, essentially what we're looking at is is a rebranding of the complete debacle that we had a year ago with the disinformation governance board. Now, a lot of people may not necessarily remember it, but they will certainly remember its uh, presumptive director, Mary Poppins, who was all over the news and all over TV 
doing musical interlogs and, and interludes on you know the problems of disinformation and how Trump was evil. So fast forward one year later to where we are now, and you essentially have the same thing. Granted, the name is a little less uh, Orwellian from Disinformation Governance Board to Foreign Malign Influence Center, as you mentioned. And what is it? Well, it's housed in the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, and its job is to coordinate with the FBI, the CIA, and the Department of Homeland Security, and the NSA on combating disinformation. Well, okay, what is disinformation? Well, disinformation is maybe completely false facts, or it's something that the administration or the government doesn't want you to know. And you mentioned earlier, uh, like Hunter Biden laptop, which is one of the stories that you've talked about in the past. That's a great example of a story the government didn't want you to know. And what they can simply do is call that disinformation, and therefore they can blackball it and hide it from the American people. So what I spend a lot of my time doing is looking at where our founders created this nation, what their principles were, and one of their core beliefs is that government power comes from the people. And when government power comes from the people, we recognize the government does have incredible power to take more and more power from us. And they created the First Amendment to protect against exactly this, the Foreign Malign Influence Center. And so that's what I do every single day at NatChoice. I wake up and I fight for free expression, free enterprise on the internet. We fight against this type of government action against the American people. It is such an epic fight because it really goes to the core existence and essence of America. The First Amendment was first for a reason in our founding fathers' minds. And it seems as though many, and this was my big learning experience, I was shocked when my story started to get censored as a journalist, and no one seemed to be upset, at least certainly not young people in my profession and outside of it. And I, I kept asking myself, well, why? Wait a second, why? And I learned that there are one or two generations of young adults that went through an education system that either didn't teach them the Bill of Rights or the founding principles of this country, or why the First Amendment was first, or they had been taught something even more heinous, which is there could be moments in our history where government-sanctioned censorship could be good for a larger collective. Now, I have no idea what a larger collective is, but that's what these young people told me when I interviewed them. And then recently, there was an incredible story where I think 670 professors, I think it was at University of North Carolina, signed a letter saying, we don't want to even teach the next generation of college students the founding principles and the founding of our country. It seems like the system here, the education system, is a part of this transition in trying to change the thinking of America from a free speech society to a regulated speech society. What's going on in college campuses and, quite frankly, much earlier, K through 12, that has set the stage for this moment in our history? Yeah, I mean, there there's an old adage that I kind of live by, which is, what is past is prologue. What that basically means is, you know, it's good, kind of a glib way or intellectual way of saying, uh, you know, if you forget the past, you're doomed to repeat it. Well, guess what? We've been down these roads before throughout history. And every authoritarian regime starts by seizing control of means of communication. When Gutenberg uh, invented the printing press, it was one of the biggest gifts to the world because now the church no longer had exclusive control over the word of God and people could get Bibles for themselves and actually begin printing their own information and spreading information that maybe the government or those in power didn't want you to know. Well, the internet has done something very similar for people. It has democratized speech, it has empowered speech, 
and it has eliminated what were the principal control mechanisms of speech and information, legacy news, legacy newspapers, things like that. And so what we are seeing is now the government is very, very scared, especially those who see news and see reports of facts that they just don't like. Now, previously, they could turn to CBS News famously and say, oh, that's, that's disinformation, that's misinformation, and try to shut it down. But because of the Internet, they've lost those means of control. So what are they doing? They're creating these new institutions like the Foreign Malign Influence Center. What we're seeing in schools is also very terrifying because schools are supposed to be where you learn and where you are challenged. And those two things operate in conjunction. When you were going to college, when I was going to college, it was not designed to be a quote unquote safe space. It was designed to be a place where you are forced to push yourself intellectually, forced to push yourself, exactly, and, and experience and encounter other viewpoints that may differ from your own and challenge what you've historically thought uh, I mean, take, for example, I, I was a, a Jew growing up in the East Coast, and I went down to a school in Texas, and what a culture shock that was. But you know what? It made me a better person. It exposed me to different ways of thinking, and it made me a better American. And the problem we're seeing on schools, uh, on college campuses, and now in the government is to try to protect people from views or thoughts that might challenge what they are thinking and make it easier. But that's the exact type of thing that our founders didn't want. They wanted us to think for ourselves. They wanted us to be individuals, but they also wanted us to learn and explore, innovate and discover. And that's what's being choked off at colleges, at schools, and now at the federal level with this Foreign Malign Influence Center. And just to take a quick moment, imagine if President Trump had invented or tried to come out with something called the Disinformation Governance Board. It would have been pilloried by every newspaper, every news institution. But suddenly, because it's coming from the Biden administration, it is a great way to protect democracy. Well, you know what? The greatest threat to democracy is not actually Russia. It's not actually China. It's not actually Iran. The greatest threat to American democracy is a loss of trust in institutions and it comes from these very things like the Foreign Malign Influence Center and these attempts to silence free speech online. Yeah, it's such an amazing moment. And I want to talk about the long lens of this debate in this friction and this experience we're in right now, because at the end of the day, when we find out that the CIA was involved in circulating a letter that falsely declared Hunter Biden laptop disinformation when there was no evidence of it, the writers of the letter admit that they're really all they were trying to do is give a, quote, talking point that's direct from the documents to Joe Biden so he could win the presidential bait and win the presidency. When those things happen, when we find out the FBI had a censorship center set up in San Francisco that would take requests to maybe censor content under the guise that they didn't meet the standards of Twitter's rules of business, which, by the way, I don't know the FBI had any responsibility for enforcing Twitter's rule of business. Doesn't seem like an FBI thing. When we learn all of these things, the long-term thing is that we start to, I think, have a real erosion in the trust of the institutions that make our democracy and our constitutional republic so sound and 
so stable for 246 years. Are we at that point now where institutional trust is going to plummet very quickly? We already lost trust in politicians. We've lost trust in the news media. The polling is irrefutable on that. We have a president at the lowest historic ratings of any president in the last 80 years. But if the institutions, if we don't trust the judicial system, the Supreme Court, like the Democrats tried to undermine the FBI, are we at a real crisis in the American experience? I, I love how you reference Supreme Court because Supreme Court actually has enshrined in its building the phrase equal justice under the law. And that's really what we're talking about here, equal justice under the law. I need to know as an American citizen, and everybody needs to know as an American, that regardless of your race, creed, color, gender, or whatever, laws will be applied equally. And that goes to whatever your underlying ideology is. And we started to see the erosion of this trust of equal justice under the law during uh, the protests during the COVID lockdown. You had the huge riots that went on throughout our cities across the country, and those were for the most part sanctioned. You had medical experts coming out and saying, well, you can't go outside and engage with your family or friends, uh, but if it's to protest this cause, then it's okay. Similarly, you didn't see prosecutions being done equally with respect to protests. It's okay to protest outside the homes of Supreme Court justices if it's for a certain cause that the administration supports. That is the type of erosion and elimination of equal justice under the law. It should not matter what you believe, who you believe, your race, creed, or color. If you are committing a crime, it should be prosecuted equally. And that's what we are starting to see disappear. And that creates the distrust in society. My, my background includes uh, work for the U.S. Federal Trade Commission, as well as U.S. Office of Government Ethics. And one of the things that we always taught at the government of uh, U.S. Office of Government Ethics is public service is public trust. When you're working for the government, you're working for all Americans. I think that's been lost sight of by this administration. Now, there is some hope. We have actions by Congress to hold these government agencies accountable. You have uh, Chairman Jim Jordan over in the House of Representatives. He actually got passed something called the uh, Protecting Free Speech from Government Interference Act, which should have been a bipartisan bill. And it basically says, when you're a government employee, you can't use your position to coerce social media platforms into silencing speech. And that should be something that is universally acceptable, but unfortunately did not even enjoy a little bit of bipartisan support. And so we are seeing efforts in Congress to begin holding our administration accountable and trying to rein in this type of government interference in free speech. But all Americans should do it. Democrats, Republicans, independents, everyone should recognize that someday, sometime, the government that you like will not be in power, and you need to be protected from any government action to silence speech. Do you see anything on the horizon? Obviously, the first step in countering this is exposing it. So we know how it's done, who's involved, what are the ideology. One of the most amazing things you see in the documents of Homeland Security, where a lot of this was born. By the way, a lot of this was born when Donald Trump was president, it just wasn't public. 
But the career people at the Homeland Security took it upon themselves. And they have made this incredible interpretation that you cannot find anywhere in law. That's an interesting thing. The reason they can do censorship and do disinformation boards and other fancy name things is because they believe disinformation is an attack on critical infrastructure, which Homeland Security was always empowered to do. But verbal opinions don't seem to be covered by any law that empowered the Homeland Security Department. Have they just made up law here to justify what they're doing? Absolutely. I mean, sorry, give me a sec. Sorry about the background noise. Um, Absolutely. It doesn't matter what government agency you are. It doesn't matter what powers you think you have. The thing that hangs over top of everything you do is the First Amendment. And there's no end run around the First Amendment, regardless of your intention. Look, a lot of government employees think they're doing a good thing. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what government employees think. The First Amendment says free speech is free speech. Free speech is protected from government censorship. And, it, you know, as well-intentioned as these government agencies may think they are in trying to protect America, the thing that protects America is a recognition and protection of our founding documents, which is the U.S. Constitution. At the end of the day, as a former federal employee myself, the first thing you do is you swear an oath to faithfully protect and defend the Constitution of the United States of America. And that includes the First Amendment. So you can't say, I'm going to protect the democracy and simultaneously undermine its core values, core principles, and core documents. Now, let me ask you, we're getting the expose done. We have the roadmap of how it's done, how advertising is canceled for certain points of view, how the Global Disinformation Index did its work overseas and influenced the United States, what the Disinformation Board and its successors and ancillary bodies are. We know how the FBI did with Elvis Chan in San Francisco. Do you see anything on the imminent horizon that looks to you like a solution, a meaningful solution to reinforce the First Amendment, not that it should need to be, but it's going to have to be, and to really counter this mindset that has creeped into government, big tech, news media, and politics that censorship's okay, that the First Amendment is somehow negotiable? Yeah, a couple of things. And this actually comes from the brilliant separation of powers that we have under our government that our founders created. So Congress needs to step up and begin doing its role. And we're seeing this a lot from the Republicans in the House. They are holding this administration to account when it violates any rules and regulations, whether it's uh, influence peddling or, in this case, uh, coercion and silencing of free speech. So you saw it with legislation uh, that I mentioned earlier, the Protecting Free Speech from Government Interference Act. That's one thing. Another is uh, the oversight and accountability that we are starting to see from the House of Representatives holding these government agencies, holding these deep state individuals to account for their activities. And then Congress needs to begin using the power of the purse. They need to start cutting funding to these out of control rogue federal agencies, because if they have enough time and money to go around silencing free speech and engaging in clearly unconstitutional activities, then that's a waste of taxpayer dollars. And that money should begin coming back to the people. And one of the final ways that they can do that with the power of the purse, something called the Holman Rule. And this is a power that Congress has to specifically reduce the salary of individual employees, federal employees, or even fire them. So when they discover federal employees who have gone rogue, who are violating the Constitution, Congress can actually step in, cut their pay down to a dollar, or simply dismiss them away. And that's what we need to do. Because at the end of the day, I may disagree with decisions that Bud Light makes, for example, 
but I can vote with my feet. I can go over and become a Miller light drinker, but I can't easily walk away from the U.S. government or the United States of America. And that's where the accountability needs to be held. We need to stop the jawboning, stop the coercion of government, of private sector, and allow people to vote with their feet. Because, look, as Bud Light learned the hard way, if business becomes too woke, people will people walk away and they'll lose billions of dollars. We love the home owner. We've talked about it for about 10 months. And it, you, you see now, when I started talking about it last summer, it was a hypothetical thing. But now almost every member, right down to Kevin McCarthy, the speaker, really has taken it to heart. And it seems to me that could be one of the big, big, big weapons in the next budget process, right? The budget for September. We could defund a lot of these bad actors, can't we? Yeah, absolutely. Look, federal agents, and, and as I said, I used to be one, they, are, they will care about the mission. But at the end of the day, if they screw up, it's the agency that takes the hit. But one thing government employees care about, probably more than anything else, and rightfully so, is their own pocketbook. Their livelihood. And that's where you can, exactly, that's where you can really start putting the pressure on. Because one thing as a federal agent to say, oh, I made a mistake, now the, now the agency is going to take a hit. And that kind of sucks. But what will really hurt them is when their salaries get reduced down to a dollar because of their misappropriation of government resources, their abuse of their power, and their violation of their oath. So that's the real power. Power is to hold specific government employees personally responsible for their bad actions. And then they will be in a position where they will be forced to respect the rights and responsibilities of every single American not just a political party. Professor, you doing some pretty amazing work. And I think everybody on this show has probably been in all listening to this conversation because it's exactly the conversation we need to have. We got to get in every corner of America right now. It's not loud enough or not enough people have heard it, but we're getting there. How do people follow your work? You're doing some great stuff at the Scalia Law School at George Mason. What's the best way to stay in touch with you on social media and at the university? Yeah, the best way to stay in touch is to, uh, you can follow me at Carl Zabo uh, on Twitter, C-A-R-L-S is in Sam, Z is in Zebra, A is in Apple, B is in Boy, O is in October. And be sure to check out all the things that NetChoice is doing at our website, NetChoice, N-E-T-C-H-O-I-C-E dot org, NetChoice.org. These are big moments in your voice and also just the, the very sharp analysis that you guys have been doing. You're really helping people understand that, one, this is a solvable problem. And two, it's a problem that if you allow to fester, it's going to literally change the American experience forever. That loss of trust in institutions you talked about is so consequential if we don't stop it. So, sir, what a great honor to have you on. I'm, I know we're going to get you back on because this is an issue that's only going to grow bigger in the next few months. But great to have you on. Appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Great honor. Folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. Hey, folks, it's John Solomon here. Today, I want to shine a light on AMAC, an organization who's dedicated to America's seniors, but is vital for conservatives of all ages. AMAC stands out by not only advocating for senior issues, but also by pushing for conservative values that affect us all. By joining, you're not just supporting our senior citizens, you're part of a movement defending the freedoms that made this country great and to ensure that we secure our nation's future. Plus, membership brings you exclusive benefits like discounts on travel, dining, and entertainment, and of course, special insurance rates, one of the things I like. Regardless of your age, if you're driven to preserve freedom, 
AMAC welcomes you. This is about uniting youthful vigor with the wisdom of experience and our quest to keep this country great. Sign up now for amac.us slash justnews. And for a limited time, you get a free gift membership for someone else who shares your love for our great nation. Don't miss out on this chance to make a difference from AMAC. Join today at amac.us slash justnews. That's amac.us slash justnews and extend the invitation to a friend or family member for free. What a great opportunity. Folks, if you get your wallet stolen or your cell phone or your car, we know what it is. It's old-fashioned theft. It's crime. We know it. Criminals now have a new way to steal our most valuable asset, our homes. Older Americans are most vulnerable to these types of thefts, and that's because they more often own their homes outright. An 88-year-old Florida woman recently discovered that scammers forged her signature, created a fake deed to her home, and then took her property. Those who buy a property from a deed theft scammer often become victims as well. What can you do to protect yourself? It's simple. My good friends at Home Title Lock provide the premier detection technology to protect your home and its title. The instant they detect an activity or something suspicious, they mobilize to help shut it down. We won't know a thief took us off our title until it's too late. That's why Title Lock jumps into action right away. The titles to all our homes are easily found online. A criminal or renter, even a family member, can simply forge your signature on a home sale form. Then he or she refiles as the new owner, and bam, your home is not in your name, and all of a sudden, debts are being taken out against it. That's why Home Title Lock is my choice. Find out for free when you use my code JUSTNEWS at signup. You'll get a free comprehensive scan of your home's title and 30 days of legendary home title lock protection free. So go to hometitlelock.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's the promo code JUSTNEWS at hometitlelock.com. Go there today. All right, folks, thanks for joining us. Hey, if you want to get a copy of my book, Hidden Headlines, which is very apropos given the conversation we just finished up with Carl Sabo. Go to bravebooks.us. Go there. You can get my book, Hidden Headlines, free this month if you subscribe to their book club. If not, you can buy it a la carte. Share with your children. If you're an aunt, an uncle, grandma, grandma, mom, or dad, this is your chance to take a book and, and help your generation of children, your nephews, your nieces, your grandchildren, your children, understand why the First Amendment was first, why free speech is important, something that a lot of educators in schools and in libraries aren't teaching anymore. Go to bravebooks.us, support the incredible patriots at that great children's book company and get a copy of my book, Hidden Headlines. All right, that wraps it up. We'll be back tomorrow with more breaking news. I'm sure we'll have some more scoops. Until then, God bless you and have a great night. You've been listening to John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation, and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friend who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, 
Text Just News to 989898 98 98 right now.